What's up, podcast land? We are back finally. Parked in turn one is here to talk about the past, this past weekend's racing. I'm Jason, aka Captain Novice, and I have my man Bo as always with me. What's going on, Bo? Good evening, Captain Novice. How are you? Wow, I didn't realize we'd gotten so formal. Did you stand and salute, or I mean, never? Not not to you, no, absolutely. Well, not. that's fair. You should never, you should never stand up for right. me. I'm not worth it. It's just that's just that's just a waste of energy. But listen, Bo, we had we had some really good racing going on this weekend. Some big moves in the championship, and, yeah, uh, and especially in World Superbike. So let's just jump into it, man. I I really want to talk about you know. Um, what's going on in the world superbike championship you know race one we saw another big mistake from johnny ray and that allowed top rack rasgat liaglu to win scott redding finishes second and moto america representing in world superbike loris bass finishing third and we're going to talk about that in a minute but what i want to talk about in this race was just how aggressive ray and top rack were um up until Ray crashed out from the lead, um, I, I there's a part of me that thinks that this aggressive racing is super fun to watch, and it is fun to watch. However, I I do think that I, I just I there's a part of me that says Top Rack is a little more aggressive than he needs to be, and he will continue to be until until it bites him and uh i mean i know that he and ray traded some barbs over the weekend um and and i also know that with ray winning six championships in a row there are a ton of people that are tired of seeing ray win and now there's a challenger and they think ray's just complaining but i i do feel like top rack on occasion is a little bit overly aggressive and maybe a little dangerous um, it's dangerous enough out there as we've seen. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, n no, I don't disagree with that. Um, at top rack and Ray this weekend, um, was probably one of the most physical, uh, I think that we've seen out of the, out of both of those guys. And I'm not sure if it's solely because of what you're saying, you know, because top racks definitely kind of showing some cards now a little bit as far as that aggression goes. Um, or if it, you know, has a little bit to do with just how physical of a track that Portimao actually is. Um, we know there's yeah. a ton of elevation change there. They're always working on the bike. They're always doing something. Um, but no, like you're saying, you know, top racks definitely, and, and not to let Johnny Ray completely off the hook, right? Um, because they no, were both no, he's riding. You know, he's riding like that too now. Yeah, he's they were riding they, like that now. They're definitely trading shots back and forth. Um, but no, I, I agree. Top racks. There's no reason really for top rack to be. Um, as overly aggressive as he is, um, you know, part of me thinks that he knows that he's got a little bit of a hold on that championship, um, and he wants to put the nail in the coffin that is Johnny Ray. You know, he just wants to almost prove a point to Jonathan Ray. Um, but Jonathan Ray's not uh, – this weekend, to me, showed me that Jonathan Ray's not going to take it lying down. Um, no. you know, and we know no. these guys are racers and they're competitors, and they're going to keep going at each other hard. But um, – you know, Jonathan Ray's been here before. He's had the pressure before. Um, Top Rack hasn't. Well, uh, yep. Well, I don't know if Johnny's been pushed as hard as he's been pushed this year. But, I, but what I will say in the terms of who's aggressive and who's out of line, and there was some touching this weekend, but Jonathan Ray wasn't doing any of the touching before this weekend. 
And we saw Toprak hit Ray in the race before on an ill-advised braking maneuver that could have cost both of them the race. <clears throat> um, he he survived it and, and went on. Um, it's just, I, I get not backing down and I get letting them know it's not going to be easy and you're not afraid, but you can do it without contact more often than top racks doing it without contact. And it's not just Johnny Ray. I mean, he's, he, yeah, he said he you know, a couple Moss, of those moves. You know, he put yeah. on Scott Redding. Scott Redding yeah. wasn't really happy yeah. about it, you know, and, and, uh, you know, it, it was easy. Honestly, at that point, it was easy for me to see Redding just complaining and not wanting to be past him. And we both said it. You know, I, so I felt kinda, the same. I felt the we, same. Yeah. But now, you know, the continuous. Um, so uh, y y let, let's replace Top Rack with another name. Um, and and the, that name being Garrett Gerloff. Um, oh. If this was Garrett Gerloff, yeah, no if chance. we're still having, yeah. yeah, if we're still having this conversation, and it's Garrett Gerloff, then I think there's a much different outcome uh, to this. And that's not to say that Top Rack is or that Gerloff got it too hard. Uh, but what I'm saying is possibly, you know, there needs to be a little bit of a finger wag that goes to Top Rack's direction and say, hey, listen, you need to ride a little bit smarter, you know, because Top yep. Rack's not approaching these races as a championship title defense top rack's going out and he's nope. just trying to win races that's what his his yeah. his outlook of was this year he was going to win as many races as possible and uh, like you're saying i think at this point there's an aggression that is there, there's a level of aggression that we're getting to on the bike that uh, is almost unnecessary um it's also you know, unsafe right, it's exactly, dangerous exactly. enough out there yeah I, right so here's what i think we know that johnny ray has to win out he has to win out. They've got two more weekends, four races, two Super Bowl races. He has basically got to win out if Top Rack finishes the races as Top Rack has this year. Right. <clears throat> and I know that Top Rack knows that as well. And I'm a little nervous that there's going to be a move that gets somebody seriously injured. And I, I feel like it'll be too late at that point. And in true FIM fashion, they'll do something that is completely asinine. But when all this could be avoided by letting them know, listen, we're going to be watching this and we're taking it seriously and contact between bikes is not okay. You know, making it unsafe for your fellow riders is not okay. And, you know, Top Rack basically said, I like riding like this. I'm not afraid. Maybe they're afraid, but I'm going to keep riding like this. So he's thrown the gauntlet down. But, you know, Johnny Ray's a motocross rider, so he's not afraid of a little bar banging either. But we're talking bar banging at high speeds, and, and it's just, I just think it's unnecessary because I think most of the time this year, Top Rack has had the pace, but it seems like he puts the move on when he didn't have to or when he was coming from so far back. And it was unnecessary. You had the pace. You could catch him whenever you wanted make a block pass where Johnny has nowhere to go and nobody has a word to say. You're just better. But there's a part of me too that says, you know what, Johnny, this guy's coming for your championship. He's not backing down. Then you just got to get out there and, and fight with him. And I, I love the racing. I just don't want to see either one of these guys get hurt. And that's what I was talking about. Top Rack's young. He's indestructible. And you feel that way until you don't feel that way. I know the moment I didn't feel that way anymore. Right. And 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 I and I'm gonna go ahead and tell you I, I can guarantee you that Ray knows he's not indestructible because he's older. You, you gain some maturity and some wisdom with age. So 
I love the racing. I love the hardcore, but it's got, they have to go without touching each other because I don't think Ray will start it. I think top yeah. rack, if he touches Ray, Ray's going to be like, okay, then here we go. Let's you, do it. You know, part of that, you know, you have, you make a really good point, you know, talking about Jonathan Ray, not being afraid to, you know, kind of bar, uh, bar bang a little bit in motocross. But the, the thing that we have to keep in mind about motocross is, and not to take anything away from motocross because it's it's just as dangerous as road racing. But the speeds that they see in motocross are nowhere near what we're looking at, you know, in road racing. Oh, absolutely and, not. You know, right. the contact, the the same bar touch and the same elbow rubbing has much different consequences. Um, sure, you know, heavier bike. Course. Yeah, yeah. But to absolutely to, to go even further. You know, I know Top Rack got the race win in race one this weekend at Portimao, but I honestly don't think that Top Rack had the bike um, this weekend. And I think that that's why we saw very overly aggressive desperation moves of Top Rack trying to control that race because even Scott Redding came on strong, you know, at the end of that race and, and was coming yeah. back, you know, only finished seven tenths behind, uh, behind Top Rack. You know, unfortunately, you know, Jonathan Raid had him. A huge crash in uh, in ra race one. Yeah, and, you know, very very lucky to you know to come away uh, fairly unscathed. You know, um, after that, very fast place to go off where he where he went off. Um, but uh, uh, you know, I agree. I think I, I think Top Rack needs to consider toning it down and needs to tone it down for the respect of the other riders. You know, it's not just your safety on the bike. You are responsible for every single person around you as well. I agree with that. Yeah, I do. You're absolutely right. So I love the hard moves and the racing being competitive. I, I think it's a lot harder for Ray to, um, until this weekend anyway, they seem to have figured out a lot on the bike. They seem to have taken a step forward with the development. Mm -hmm. But at the same time this year, it's been much harder for Ray. He's been on the knife edge. like, And that's why we're seeing crashes. And he's having to push so hard right at the limit to keep Top Rack at bay. And sometimes even then he can't. And, and I just, I just hope that we see good, clean racing as tight as you like it, but we don't need the touching so much. A small touch here and there is not a big deal, but you know what I'm talking about. No, the, absolutely. The, the, yeah. the, the, the scud missile into the back, the rear wheel that happened in Jerez was unnecessary. It was, it was, that move was never going to work. And I don't know why a guy like Toprak didn't realize that. So I'm not. I'm not pro Ray or pro top rack in this. I'm really just saying I want the racing to be tight and I want it to be exciting, but I am not interested in seeing any more people seriously injured or worse this year. Oh, I completely and agree. that's, and yeah. that's what you're doing. And, and I did see a couple of other riders intimating that, you know, this is what Turkish riders do. They try to bully you, intimidate you. The problem for top rack is that this isn't going to happen with Ray maybe reading a little bit but then even reading this week he was like well if that's what we're going to do then i'll do it yeah he was very you know? clear and he, he did not mince yeah. words whatsoever in his post-race interview yeah and so now and so now top rack has made it to where he's got a target on his back from the two closest competitors so now reading if top rack puts a move on him that makes him mad and reading's like you know what you're not winning this race i'm getting in here and johnny can take it before you do you know what i mean and you don't right. want that mentality out there that's not racing and so top rack has to walk that line of i put some hard passes on you but i never touch you but that's not what he's doing he's he's like listen i don't care what you do i'm coming in here and we'll just let it all get sorted out i'm confident i can stay up and that's a little bit arrogant, but 
I, I remember Safaglu very aggressive like that. We've seen it with Anchu. Yeah, definitely. And and and, and Dennis. Both Dennis Anchus, has done it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Anchus. So, so maybe there is something to that. I, I don't know that it's the Turkish writer thing. I think it may be the guys at that camp, Turkish or not. That's just the way Keenan likes to likes to ride, and that's the way he teaches his guys. So we'll see. But that's you know I, I just that was the big story about race one. Um, you know, he had a huge class, uh, Ray had a huge crash on lap five and you're lucky, you're right. He's lucky to walk away and, you know, coming back for that super pole race and the rain that came out of nowhere, you know, he, he, two crashes on the weekend. So lucky for Ray that he's okay. Um, what I noticed about Redding in second place was that he was just gonna, he seemed in race one to be fine with letting top rack and Ray have all the crazy out there. They wanted <laughs> just, just, I'm going to sit here. You guys do what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it turned into a good weekend that way for him. You know, he, he brought a lot of points home, uh, you know, three straight yeah. seconds. Yeah. I, I just feel like, you know, Redding was like, okay, well, they're just going to do it to each other than whatever. But then it got to a point where Redding was like, okay, this is what I've been saying all year and I'm tired of it. Mm-hmm. And if that's what we're going to do, then that's what we're going to do. And, you know, Top Rack was just like, well, whatever, let's do it. It's just such a dangerous attitude to me in this sport. Um, you know, I, I get, again, you don't want to curb the aggression, but at the same time, you can't be reckless. Um, so hopefully this will all get calmed down. There'll be a, a behind closed doors meeting we don't hear about or see. They say, look, we're not putting up with it. Ride clean, race hard, no touching, or we're going to come down with sanctions. I, I think we've seen enough touching this year to last us a lifetime. Let's let's let that go. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with you. You know, I and then speaking of touching, you know, I, I think we have to mention the uh, Locatelli and Vandermark crash where we saw Vandermark basically go run right at Locatelli <laughs> and run through him, which was hilarious with the Hulk smash and. Um, you know, I got, I understood why Vandermark was upset, but at the same time, you know, to me, that was more of a racing incident. They had not been trading blows where they were touching and it was unfortunate. And I'm sure, you know, Locatelli made a mistake, no doubt. And, and he knew it, but, but that's not the way to handle it. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, what you saw, I think was a season of Mark of Michael Vandermark frustration come out in one corner, uh, you know, after he got, he got up and, and, uh, whatever that run bump was to <laughs> 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 Catelli. Um, no, like yeah. you said, like, I mean, we just started laughing at when Ange and I were watching, were watching it, you know, cause it looked like a kid running across the track and, and, you know, just wanting to get into a fight with another one. But, uh, yeah, you know, move on. It happens. It's yep. racing. You know yep. what you signed up yep. for, you know? Yeah. That's a lot different than what's going on at the front. Right? No, absolutely. Like I, that's the yeah. Way yeah Vandermark was about, certainly so. a one-off. I mean, like you said, oh, Locatelli sure. hadn't been targeting him. It, it just, Locatelli no. just, you know, had a, an ambitious move that didn't go right. So that's right. Well, and it didn't, but you know, I think we have to give Redding a lot of credit for the way he rode this weekend, finishing oh, the second here in the first, he rode smart. He rode cool headed. I mean, it would have been easy to get the red mist, Mm-hmm. out when you feel like that's happening and he kept his cool and did a great job but i think the story of the weekend to me is laura's baz i mean come on i mean obviously ray crashed out and he got that podium but to come and ride the second week on the bike and just to get a podium period is amazing he had an amazing weekend but 
race one, finishing at third there. He looked really good at the end of the race, had really good pace, you know, a lot like Redding. Um, and, and beating out the factory, other factory rider and Michael Rubin Rinaldi by two seconds almost, or a little over two seconds. I just can't say enough. I, I really like Loris Baz. He does not belong in World... He belongs in World Superbike, not Moto America. I said what I said. That's it. It's true. He does. He belongs over there. He is a world-class rider. I, I don't disagree with you. I, I, unfortunately, I, I can't disagree with you. Um, you know, and I say that... Only to the to to Moto America's benefit, you know. We want to see him in Moto America to elevate that sport, which I think he did this year. Right. Um, but right. but no, you're absolutely right. You know, Loris Baz, he's ridden this bike all year, Moto America. He goes over to you know slightly different spec machine, I'm sure. A few different, a few things. The uh, transmission's the you know? only different. The transmission's um, all the difference. Yeah. But you know, uh, once again. You know, we've talked about it a little bit this year about the theory behind possibly the Ducati wants the smaller riders. It's, it's part of a Ducati, you know, approach. But Baz completely blowing that, th that out of the water. You know, one of the tallest riders in the paddock is tearing it up and comes over and gets, you know, two yeah, straight podiums. Would have gotten three straight yeah. podiums all weekend except for the penalty on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he had a great weekend. Uh, it was an unfortunate penalty. I, I, I don't know if you I know, agreed I, with it. I think it was a racing incident. You know, these guys are battling. Especially he and Bautista were both battling hard in that last race. And yeah. we know Bautista, if he doesn't crash sometime during the race, he has really great late race pace. And, you know, he and, and Baz were fighting it out. And, you know, Baz, he's a competitor. He's going to try to get that podium as well. He's going to be yeah. amped up. And, you know, <laughs> Bautista yeah. left the door I mean, open. And they came together a little bit, no but it way. wasn't nearly as blatant and as as intentional. I think of some of the you know the Razgatlioglu and Redding or excuse me Ray moves that we've uh, we've discussed. No, I tonight. felt like there was room on the inside where Baz went. Certainly, and yeah. I, I felt like and I felt like the, what caused the contact wasn't Baz. Baz wasn't offline. Baz wasn't losing. Uh, you know, I felt like Bautista went just as wide enough, and Baz went underneath. He was on the tarmac, not the rumbles, and he was leaned over. And then, you know, Bautista leaned over anyway and touched him and and fell over. And right. I, I can't blame the guy on the inside for that. You missed the racing line, so... That's your fault. That's yeah. your fault. So, and and this isn't the first time we've seen that person on the inside get penalized. You know, obviously we look at no. MotoGP and Bruno. Um, you know, the Polish Barbaro yeah. and um, uh, excuse me, Joanne Zarco incident from a couple years ago. You know, oh, the, the Polish Barbaro goes wide. Joanne takes, or you know, Joan Zarco takes the uh, or Johan, excuse me, takes the <laughs> the uh, the the gap. A the long then, lap, right? Took and the then, long lap at a speed which was still unmatched <laughs> right you know and finished on the podium but yeah you're right i mean so but anyway so baz finished uh fifth beating michael rubinaldi mm -hmm. you know i think leon haslam had a good weekend for leon haslam just want to mention him there with a little bit of pace you know finally um garrett gerloff finishes in sixth uh that's a great finish for garrett i think we're on the right track i think we're on the mend he beats Pisani there he was right in front of Pisani. uh so you know, good for Gerloff. I, I was I was pleased with the progress I saw Gerloff make this weekend. Yeah, uh, with the exception of, um, I, I want to take a look at his fastest lap in race one. You, you know, he ran a one forty one seven, which was much quicker than the folks that he that were that finished around him. 
Um, so to me, Groloff's got to get better starts. He's got to find that first lap aggression again to where he can not lose positions and at least maintain one position or gain a couple, you know, into that first corner. Yeah. So I, I definitely I think it. he's still tiptoeing, but you know, Groloff's yeah, running he fast to. laps. You know, I mean, he yep. he had it. He had the what fourth fastest lap, fifth fastest lap in the race. Um, looking at guys that were around him, so yeah, um, he, you know he he's, was fast. He's on the right track, like you said. But we just yeah. uh, you know that that lap one, I think, right. is getting his head right is where we're right. is where we're at right now. Right. Well, I want to mention the Super Pole race real quick. It was a rainy, wet Super Pole race. Um, the reason I want to mention it: number one, Ray crashing again, terrible. Um, but the other side of that was that Michael Vandermark won the race. That's the first win for BMW in nine years. Nine. So that was a big moment. Um, I did notice, you know, Toprak didn't look like he had the pace all weekend like he has in the previous weekends, but he was up at the front. But in the wet, I think, is where Toprak is most vulnerable. And I... I, I think that, be, and he was, after Ray crash, he probably wasn't terribly worried about it, right? Like, he was like, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think that Top Rack's strength is really on the brakes. We know that. In the wet, you just cannot push that bike to the limit he does in the dry, right? Like, you just cannot do that. And I think that takes a little bit away from what he's doing. I still think he's, a, a, he, I've seen him ride in the rain. He's okay. But it's not his strongest suit. So if it gets rain in these next weeks somewhere, that that would be a great chance for Ray because we know that Ray can ride in the wet very well. He did not. He crashed out here because he again. I think he just was trying to get out and win this race no matter what. And there's a that that's dangerous, but he has to do that now. He has to. So that's why he crashed. Yeah, and and you know I don't want to I don't want to label Top Rack incorrectly here, but like you're saying, you know this might not be the rain and whenever conditions start to equalize, um, you know all the riders in the grid, Top Rack starts to become a little bit of a little bit of a one-dimensional rider, and in, in the fact that that's where his moves are going to be at, they're going to be on the brakes. You know, that's his hand. You know, he has played that hand all year long um you know well, yeah because nobody can beat him at it right why right, yeah why wouldn't he so so like you're saying you know at once these other riders and these other if jonathan ray you know we saw in race two actually seemed to me like he made a step like you had said made a step forward on the brakes to me ray's front end looked a lot more planted looked like they had found some feel out of the front end um he was able to make some really aggressive moves and on a track that is very sketchy anyway <laughs> to make moves um so yeah yep. being able to find that limit i think jonathan ray's they've made a step forward in the team on the bike and you know maybe they'll be able to figure something out against top rack in that dimension that he's got in that hand that he's been playing so much so then top rack's going to have to figure out another way to keep winning to keep this championship secured yeah absolutely he's going to have to beat ray because ray's coming guns blazing i guarantee it but you know redding again finishing second which was a, mm -hmm. a another solid finish for him and then our man loris baz he's a great wet weather rider i mean he looked great in the wet and uh, well, I mean, he, he put it on the podium again. Well, let's be honest. He had the best practice probably the last weekend in Moto America <laughs> at Barber with another yeah. torrential downpours yeah. for three straight races. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I want to, and, uh, and I, I can't imagine riding Barber in the rain. And I know that track. If you don't know that track, and <laughs> no way. 
I'm going home. I'm going home. <laughs> so, you know, all credit to those guys. I just wanted to mention that I thought that it was cool that BMW won the race for the first time in nine years, and I think it was a big deal. And, and I thought it was a big deal that Ray crashed out. But it was kind of a ho-hum thing from Raz Gatlioglu, and I totally get if you're not feeling comfortable and your competitors crashed out, just finish the race and yeah. be done with it. Yep. Totally get it. So he made a smart decision there. But as we get to race two, you know, the pressure is piling on Ray. He's 49 points down before the race starts. He starts in P10. And, you know, this guy hits the front in one and a half laps. He pulled a, he pulled a stop rack. Like he took yep. off out of tenth, and and finished, and it was and it did lead, and then never let it go. It wasn't close. Um, it might have gotten close until you know we saw Toprak's fender break off and crash him out. So Toprak has not made a mistake on the bike this year. That was his fault. You know, I mean, he hasn't crashed right, right. on his own, or he's had mechanicals. He had a Scud missile named Gerloff, and now he had a front fender. That's crazy. He hasn't made put a foot wrong all year. So, you know, we'll see what this does for Top Rack, but he crashes out. Ray goes on to win the race. And this was super important because Ray needed it badly. You know, and he showed just how important it was for him. He was not taking no for an answer. He was going to go get it. I mean, was that what you saw? No, absolutely. I think you're right. And and to be honest with you, I want you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda. We can look at this race however we want to. You know what ha what would have happened had Top Rack's fender not broken and him not tucked the front. You know, because he wrecked in a very similar spot to where Ray crashed. Um, obviously, you know, both Ray made that mistake in race one there and lost the front Top Rack, like you said, his fender broke, lost the front there. But I'm really curious if Top Rack hadn't have crashed. If if Top Rack would have won this race, to be honest with you, because Jonathan Ray, I don't think so. This weekend, he, was on a, he yeah. had it, it, race two for me, and I texted you, you know, after I looked at it. I have not seen that much emotion out of Jonathan Ray in a long time, and I think that yeah. this win was very important to Jonathan Ray. It's going to give him more momentum going into next weekend, but or to the next race weekend. But like you said, he has got to keep it up. He cannot stop. He, this is something he cannot let up. And now it's on him to not just sit back and let Top Rack, you know, run the championship and take it away from him. It's Ray's turn now to put the pressure right back on Top Rack. I agree. And, you know, Ray is, he's got a chance to do that. I mean, if he beats Top Rack every race this next weekend, we're going to see if there's really ice water in Top Rack's veins or not, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be easy. Um, but I, I think... You know, for me, it was good to see Ray shake off those other two crashes. Yeah, yeah, and and, and come out and do it because that's I, I, that's just the champion mental fortitude. You don't care. You just keep going. You try your best, and, and you and you make it happen. Yeah, exactly. And let's be honest. You know, the last the, the first two races this weekend, Ray no, you know, DNF. Um, the races from Jerez, Ray hadn't finished where he needed to be. He's been getting beat by Top Rack. He's just been getting hammered by yeah, Top Rack. Top Rack's been the and, better and rider, 100%. Me, this, this race, too, for him to gather himself after even a crash earlier in the day, you know, same day in, in the Super Bowl race, he gathered it up. He came back out and he said, I'm done. I'm going to go. I'm going to get this, and I'm not going to give up. The, like you would said, that's the champion 
that's the championship drive, the championship fortitude that he's going to need to keep this up. And that fire was renewed in him with this race win. And it just shows just how tough of a rider he really is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the thing about this race, you know, the start was delayed because they had a little malfunction with the lights. Um, I was like, what is happening? Like I saw the lights come on, the lights went off, and they figured it out. They had to do the restart. But you know the other thing I noticed about this race, and I was watching, I was looking in the stands, they limited the attendance there. There was barely any attendance fan-wise. And that's not normal. I think Portugal did allow fans, but it was just on a very, very limited basis. And that's unfortunate because they missed some good races. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, uh, you know, comparatively to where we were, where there was plenty of people, you know, it, but I, I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, we can get back to not having so many restrictions. I understand why they're there, but it's it's a lot, it's a lot more fun for the riders when there's fans in the stands, right? Like I think. Oh, absolutely. So I, yeah. I think it's, I think that, so I looked that up and it said there were a minimum uh, attendance allowed. So, <clears throat> but let's, we talked about Ray, let's talk about Redding again, a third, second place on the weekend. I, why is Ducati letting this guy go? Why are, why is he leaving? I don't know. He's going to go to BMW where he's going to be mad because he's in sixth. Ducati doesn't sign a guy like Bassani. They sign Alvaro Crash Bautista. I mean, I I don't understand what's happening World Superbike right now. There's some craziness. Like this, the re and I I thought about this too. This this hall ties into people are not as smart as they think they are because these decisions have been made, and Loris Baz didn't have a ride. So yeah. All these people that are supposedly, you know, experts, quote unquote, are not. They're not. They're dumb. So <laughs> whatever. And, and and you know what? And and you know, it, I, you just need to take a step back sometimes, and you need to look at it because here's a guy, Loris Baz. If I'm go eleven, my guy's retiring at the end of the year. I sign oh, yeah. him. I right want Loris Baz absolutely. But Baz you know has what? Had a year in Moto America. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they just but Bass said he's eighty percent certain he goes back to Moto America. Yeah, so, that, that's uh, that's wild to me. Uh, I mean, obviously, so, you know, mentioned it later or earlier that you know I, I would love to have him back in Moto America simply for what he does, uh, you know, for the sport and what he could do for the series. Um, yeah, but he doesn't. Des it's going to sound like a huge slight. He doesn't deserve Moto America. He deserves World Superbike. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think. He, I think he will be much stronger in Moto America next year with a lot of experience now. Like, he knows the track. He's not seeing it for the first time. It's it's different. He knows the bike, you know. He's not seeing it. He knows the team. So, I think all those things will be better. But to your point, you're podiuming. You're, you're doing podiums in World Superbike. That's where you should be. Right. That's where you should be. Now, a lot of people might point to the fact that he wasn't winning. That's how good Moto America is. I do not. Let's calm. Let's pump the brakes. Yeah, I, I, everything's I, about I, perspective. Absolutely. You know, it was his right. first time on a, on a Ducati. He had some mechanical issues um, throughout the season. He was riding on Dunlop tires. Used to riding on Pirellis. It, you know, there's he didn't know the tracks. He had a lot of variables he was contending with this year in Moto America, and he came and he yeah. took every single one of them, and did well, and then he was still successful. He did. So no, I completely agree with what you're with what you're well, saying. Well, I mean, yeah. So I I do I you know Redding ran a great race. Locatelli. Congrats for getting put there by the FIM. I hope you enjoy it. Um, 
I'm, I got nothing else to say. He didn't do anything. He was seven seconds behind. Uh, oh, no. No, he wasn't seven seconds. I'm sorry. He was right behind Laura's Baz. But um, in my mind, that was that he didn't earn that. So whatever. Um, congrats. You got to stand on the box and you got a trophy. And the FIM can give you a check, too, I guess. I don't know. Maybe you give them a check. I don't know. Um, but Gerloff finishes fifth. Uh Again, solid race for Gerloff. I, I'm happy with where the weekend went with Gerloff. I, I feel like we're a step in the right direction. We need more aggression. You're right. But Gerloff is in the top five, and that's where he was before the accident. So let's see what happens. Right. No, I agree. You know, Gerloff's been keeping his nose clean, and he is starting to move forward. Um, but, yeah. no, yeah, definitely. Try to get that first lap aggression back just a little bit, but, uh, yeah. you know, keep making good decisions. And I think he'll, right. he'll find his way out of it. Yeah. So after this race, if Ray wins out all the races, he wins the championship. And that's a big deal. That's a big deal. So this is going to be exciting, and I can't wait to see what happens. Um, honestly, I I don't know what's going to happen now. I mean, I, I've noticed that, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, Top Rack hasn't stepped foot wrong all year. I, that That mistake is coming. I don't know if it's this year, but I know it's coming, right? Like, that's... That's just the way that goes. So I, I, you know, we'll just have to see. And you know, I'm I'm excited to see honestly. So for that, I I saw I've got for Superbike. What about you? Nope, that's it. Definitely, I, I think you're right. All right, well, let's touch on Supersport. I mean, that was a good race. These were good races. Um, the the first thing I wrote down was Anchu with a great start. Um, <laughs> That guy is such a demon in the first three laps. It, it's it's incredible, and it's also incredible how he goes out with a whimper almost every race. Every single race, like, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, I I I don't understand. Like, is his if it's conditioning? Your tire can't be bad already. So I don't know if it's conditioning or or what it is. But he just maybe he loses focus. I don't know. But in the first few laps, he's a demon. But Cluzel wins the race. Congratulations. You know, uh, Miguel Gonzalez finished in second and Dominic Egger finishing in third. Um, one of the things I will say about Egger this weekend, he just did not have the pace that he's had in previous weeks. Uh, but to get a podium and beat Odendahl here, that was a good, that was good for him in the championship. He's got a big lead. He just needs to keep it on the track and he'll be okay. Um, you know, it was good to see Cuzel back at the front, though. Congratulations. He ran a really good race. Um, and, and he ran a lap record on the final lap. That's incredible. Um, so Cluzel still got some life. He just needs to get his situation right. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's, yeah, like you said, it was really good to see him back up on the podium. You, you know, it's been a while. We knew this is where Jules Cluzel should have spent most of the season. Um, and we just hadn't seen yeah. it. You know, of course, you know, not yeah. to take anything away from Manuel Gonzalez or Dominic Egger or even Steven Odendahl. You know, but these guys have been riding wheels off these bikes all year long. Um, you know, in Cluzel, he's he's definitely not the healthiest. Um, so being able to battle and get this win was at a really really physical track was really good. Yeah, absolutely. Odell, you know, in Miguel Gonzalez again, we've heaped praise on him all year. He's going to Moto Two next year. We know that we. Mm-hmm. He's just so consistent. He is consistently strong, and he's consistently consistent. You know, with the one DNF this year, 
you know, uh, from the sh when he crashed and dislocated his shoulder. Since then, though, he's been lights out. He has been riding tremendously, and I'm I'm just super excited to see this guy in Moto Two. I I think he's gonna really make some noise there. So fingers crossed that I'm not an idiot, and he does. <laughs> um, you know, getting to our championship leader, Dami Egeter, finishing in third, this is a great finish for him because he did not have the pace to win it. But to get the podium and finish ahead of your nearest rival is a big deal this late in the season. Um, so so to him, I think he did a good job, and, and I, I think that's all that you can say about it. It was a workmanlike performance. He knew what he had to do, and he did it, and good for him. Um, you know, Odendahl finished in six, so he picked up a few points there. Not yeah, nothing yeah. huge, but it, any anything you add to it right now is enormous because of the, there's not much, not many races left. So, you know, that's really good. I I did want to mention that you know, uh, watching Odendahl, he was stuck in seventh for a number of laps, and I don't know why that was, but he just could not get any closer. And uh, that was strange. Maybe a setup issue, maybe a tire issue. I don't know, but he. Finally got sixth at the end there, but he was seventh, you know, for a long, long time, and I kept waiting for him to go, and he didn't. But, I mean, great. I don't know. Like, good for six, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I was like, well, go. Or is he going to go? Is he going to go? No, he didn't go. Um, well, you know, and, and another thing to think about, too, those, you know, even – even in sixth place, he's a second and a half off, you know, the race win. So yeah. it's not, you know, after yeah. 17 laps, you know, these guys, they're not, they're not really spread out super far, you know, all the way, you know, the yeah. next place in seventh place, Randy Krumenacher was four seconds back off of him. So this leading group of six riders, all these guys are really close to one another and they're, they're battling yeah. out all race. But like you said, you know, there was something with Odendahl's bike just wasn't set up right. He didn't have it this weekend, you know, um, it, you don't know what kind of what it is, but you know he just didn't have it in this race. No, he didn't. And and you know Odell also struggled mightily. Um, actually, Odell struggled in both races. So, you know, I, sometimes you just don't have it. I, but I think for Dami finishing in third is is a solid finish. And then for yeah. Odell, sixth is not a disaster. It just is what it is this way that race. So, right. You know, moving to race two though, Odendahl comes out and gets the win. Jules Guzel finishes second. Kirikasulo finishes third on the podium. So congratulations to him. That's his first podium in two mm -hmm. years. Um, I want to mention something about Odendahl, though. We saw Odendahl bang into Miguel Gonzalez on the front straight there after he went wide. Manuel Gonzalez. I'm sorry. Yeah. Manny. Man, I'm just going to call him Manny. Manuel. <laughs> um, so that, to me should have been penalized because I know that neither one of them fell, but I don't think falling should be the reason you get penalized. That was an irresponsible and unsafe move by Odendahl, regardless if they fail or fell or not. Right? Like that was, he was wide and he just came and he didn't just barely hit him. I mean, I just, I just didn't like that at all. And I, I felt like all the deaths we've had this year, they should have jumped on that and been like, listen, you got a long lap or you get a second, a second, two seconds. Something had to happen because that's just unsafe. And it was all his own doing. No one pushed him wide. No one did. He did all that on his own. So I didn't like the fact that just because no one fell, he didn't get penalized. I didn't like that at all. No, I agree. You know, and this comes back. I think one thing that we consider, you know, this, the, the sport uh, of motorcycle racing has been elevated to such a level on every single 
um, uh, discipline. You know, the 600, the 1000s, um, the 300s, 400s, you know, even all the way up into MotoGP, Moto2, and Moto3. The level of the sport is changing. Um, yep. What is not changing, though, are the age of these riders for the most part. And the reason I say that, you know, these skill, the skill level is increasing as well, but the mental development of a teenager and early and those, those who are in their early 20s, it's still relatively the same, right? I, I mean, we're still not going to make the best decisions. I know that I didn't make the best decisions when I was a teenager. And you put me into a situation where I am competing um, for a championship. I am uh, possibly somewhat desperate to win another race. Um, I do know that this is my livelihood, um, it, you know, and this means me either getting a contract next year or having to go to a different series that I might not want to go to, things like that. And then all of a sudden we start to get into a situation where we don't make good decisions. Um, so I think that, you know, you have a really good point that the FIM has to step in and make some decisions on some of these incidences that don't result in crashes in order to prevent the crashes. Um, once once again, because I don't see the issue, and I don't see a problem with, I, I don't see a race outcome being affected dram drastically by a rear tire going off of a track limit on the last lap by maybe an inch. That's right. It just doesn't happen. But we're still going to, but we're going to let that kind of, uh, of uh, incident dictate a race. The, to yeah, me, that's absolutely. asinine. That's absolutely asinine to me. Yeah, I do too. And I, I think we cannot let the determination of whether or not something was unsafe if somebody falls down. We right, can't exactly. Let that be the, exactly. Yeah, and, you say and, you and, don't punt it. You know, it doesn't matter what your intentions were. It matters what the, you know what the outcome was or what could have happened. Right, and 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 so I I, I just. When a rider makes a mistake like that and then comes back on track and hits someone else, there is nowhere else to point the finger. Nowhere. And and you can't say that's a racing incident because it is not. It is a guy making a mistake and having a lack of respect for his fellow riders. You made the mistake. You get in the back of that pack and you deal with it. 100%. And, and, that, and that's what you have to. I, I, don't, I don't care. Like I don't care that it's the world stage and you want to be uh, competitive. I don't. I don't care. We've had three young men die because of the competitiveness of this sport. Now, did he cause them to crash? Did he? No, he didn't. But it wasn't because he did the right thing. It was because man, you know, Manny Gonzalez did not fall and and held his bike up. Right. So, you know. The FIM is an absolute dumpster fire. So that's all I got to say about it. And I, I'm just, I was just really, I was really irritated, especially the weekend after a young man lost his life, that they didn't do anything about that. But Loris Baz gets, <laughs> it was, Loris Baz was nowhere near as egregious as that. No, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. And he lost a podium place. So you know what? That's just this is just another middle finger to the FIM for me because you are an absolute embarrassment. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So that's the way I felt about it. And I get that a lot of people say, well, nothing happened, so big deal. But it's not that. We can't just do it. Like I said before, you can't just do it when somebody falls or somebody gets hurt. It's too late then. 
And, and you know, well, you know, one thing too, you have to also have to look at the the zones and the areas in which these event these these events occur, right? Loris Baz's incident, and not to say those guys are going slow, because we, you and I both know these bikes are the talent level at the at these at this the talent at this level, excuse me, is far far beyond that of a track day. These guys sure. are flying around a track. So, but even still, at the end of the front straight at Portimao is not the same outcome as the exit of turn five at Portimao, right? No, so so when, nope. when Alvaro Bautista bumps into Laura Spaz and loses the front and goes down, that is not the same as two bikes coming together right. at full speed, you yeah. know, in sixth gear. Absolutely. So in that outcome, those outcomes are tremendously different. You know, even Jonathan Ray, I think that's a fourth gear turn in the last corner, uh, you know, yep. losing the fourth gear wide open coming down that hill, losing the front, you know, could have yeah. catastrophic effects. Yeah. Absolutely. So that that they they need to do better, and you know he shouldn't have gotten the win, but he did. So you know I, I guess congratulations on your win. Um, but you know Caracasulo was great. You know Cluzel had a good weekend. Caracasulo back on the podium is great. It's great for the sport. I think Egger. I thought he was just following Odendal. He just didn't have the pace, and we talked about that a little bit. So this wasn't a great weekend for Egger. But he did not do anything to really hurt his chances of taking the championship. So right, that he didn't drop twenty five points. It could have it, it no, been way worse. Yeah. Right. Yep. I mean, and with that, I mean, I think that's all I had for Supersport. Odin Dahl was the hot button for me, and that move and that 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 incident when with Manny, yeah. um, that really bothered me. It really did, and and especially like I said, a week after what happened with our with uh, Dean Vinales, and, and and I just thought, you know what, man, this has just got this is just I, I got, I can't even, that's what I thought. I can't even right. deal with the FAA No, I, com- right I, I completely so. agree. I think that uh, pretty much covers it's about all we, we can on World Superbike yep. and Supersport. Right. So let's just move on to MotoGP.